Welcome to the Bible Truth Podcast with Ron and Tim Reynolds, pastors and Bible teachers. Pastor Ron and Pastor Tim combined for more than 70 years of teaching and preaching God's Word. Listen now as they share the eternal truths of the Bible. Well, today we're jumping into the uh, middle of chapter 13. Uh, I left off at uh, verse uh, 20, excuse me, and we will uh, finish the uh, the rest of uh, the chapter here, beginning at verse 21. When Jesus had thus said, he just got through saying to them in verse 20 that uh, if uh, the people who receive you, disciples, will receive me, Uh, And then he says, when Jesus had thus said, he was troubled uh, in spirit and testified and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. Now, what's going on here? Well, what's going on is that we are getting a glimpse of the humanity of Jesus. When it says here, Jesus was troubled in spirit, I believe it means he was troubled in his human spirit. Remember, Jesus had a human spirit and soul uh, and body just like we have. Uh, If he he had not have had uh, body, soul, and spirit like we have, he could not have identified with us. And uh, so here we get a glimpse of him being troubled. You say, Jesus troubled? I thought he was God. He he is. He was (laughs) and still is but he's also 100% human, and that's what we see right here. He has a human spirit, and that human spirit is troubled. And he goes on to say, uh, and testified and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. Now, what was it that troubled Jesus? I think, I think it was the fact that he knew all about Judas is carried. Judas never fooled him, by the way. But I think it hurt the heart of Jesus to contemplate how that Judas, who had uh, walked with him, had eaten with him, had slept uh, where all of them slept. I mean, they were just together all the time that last uh, three years of Jesus' life. And here this this guy that had been right there, uh, you know, it's possible that Judas even performed miracles. It's possible that the Lord allowed that uh, because he was he he had to hide his real intentions. And uh, so it's that that is possible. But I think it hurt. I think it hurt Jesus feelings. I think it hurt his heart to think. You know, he's going to betray me. Even though he knew it, uh, the God part of Jesus knew it, but the human part of him, it, it hurt his heart. Have you ever had your heart hurting? Have you ever uh, put confidence in someone and uh, it turned out that they betrayed your confidence? I tell you, that, that'll hurt you, especially if it's a close friend or if it's a close relative. Uh, it could even be a husband or a wife or, or whatever, someone that you put confidence in and you found out they've been untrue, unfaithful. Um, and, and that's the type of feeling I believe Jesus is uh, expressing here. And then he says, uh, one of you shall betray me. No doubt about it. Uh, 
one of you is going to betray me. And the word betray means uh, to deliver up. What Jesus was saying, one of you is going to deliver me up to the enemies of my enemies, to the enemies of God. Verse 22. Then the disciples looked one on another, doubting of whom he spake. So obviously they all heard him say these words. Uh, I think including Judas Iscariot, and they're doubting, uh, they're, they're confused, they're perplexed. Uh, what, what is he talking about? Who is he talking about? They, they had no idea. And the reason they didn't was because Judas had done a real good job of hiding his intentions. Uh, later, you know, he said in another passage of scripture uh, that uh, he was a devil from the beginning. Uh, and so Judas, um, you know, he he was a, a man that did a good job of fooling everybody, except he didn't have Jesus fooled, but he had all the other uh, disciples fooled. And I'm sure they were, Who, who's he talking about? I, I know I'm not going to be trained. Well, I know I'm not going to. And then they probably, you know, murmured among themselves. Now let's take a look at verse 23. Now there w was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples, whom Jesus loved. Now that disciple was the one that is the human author of this book. It was John. But John doesn't want to come across as proud uh, or as someone special. So he, he says, uh, one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. And it seems that Jesus had a special love for John. Um, and you say, oh, now, what, what do you mean by that? They both were men. Oh, I'm not talking about, you know, something that's immoral here. But I know this, that whenever I was in the Army, I had some real close buddies. And uh, I, I think that's what it's talking about, that uh, you, know, you just have a, a bond or, or an affection for that person. You don't know why, but you maybe your kindred spirits or something. And it can, you know, it can be two women, two men. Um, and... Uh, Evidently, that's the the way it was with Jesus in his humanity. He uh, uh, he loved John just a little bit. You know, there was a little bit more trust, and because remember, at the cross, he will he will uh, turn you might say turn his mother Mary over to John to go live w uh, with him. So, as someone that he really trusted. Uh, so the Bible says now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom, one of his disciples, probably leaning, you know, had his head on, 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 on Jesus' shoulder. That evidently is the picture we get here. And verse 24, Simon Peter therefore beckoned to him, to, to John, that he should ask who it should be of whom he spake. Maybe he give John a nod or maybe he said, you ask him. Uh, because John was the closest to him. And uh, so, you know, uh, of course, he, <laughs> uh, it's not surprising it was Simon Peter, because he's always the one that's, you know, impetuous and whatever. 
but he, he wants John to ask Jesus who it is. And uh, he then, lying on Jesus' breast, saith unto him, Lord, who is it? So John um, does what Peter has asked him to do. Uh, and he probably, you know, when you when you think of this this Last Supper, don't think of them sitting in a bunch of chairs around a big table. Uh, we're not talking Michelangelo here. We're talking about what the Bible really, uh, or was it Michelangelo uh, that uh, did the, the, the Last Supper? Uh, regardless, it's they didn't sit in chairs. They sat on the floor, uh, reclining on the floor, probably on pillows or something like that. And uh, but uh, evidently, here John says to Jesus, "Who is it?" Probably in a whisper. And uh, so, uh, let's take a look at uh, at the answer here. He. He asked Jesus and see what Jesus will say. Jesus answered, He it is to whom I shall give a sop when I have dipped it. And when he had dipped the sop, which is a piece of bread, they probably, you know, had something you dip bread in, like people today will, you know, uh, get some uh, uh, some kind of uh, uh, jalapeno peppers or something and dip it in in some kind of sauce. Well, that's what they did. They they dipped the sop. He gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. So Jesus evidently spoke rather softly to John and told him uh, the person that he would give that sop that piece of bread uh, to uh, and, and, and dip it and then give it to him, that would be the one that uh, would uh, would betray Jesus. Verse 27, and after the sop, and after the sop, Satan entered into him. Now remember before the Bible, it says Satan had put something into the heart, had put this into the heart of Judas Iscariot to betray Jesus. Now then, it tells us Satan actually entered into him. I think it means Satan actually entered into his body because Satan is a spirit being, and uh, he could do that. Then said Jesus unto him, that thou doest do quickly. So Satan now is uh, in uh, the body of Judas Iscariot, possessing him and energizing him to do the dastardly deed of betraying uh, Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. Verse 28. Now no man at the table knew for what intent he spake this of him. Evidently, no one had heard what was going on. No one was suspicious. For some of them thought, because Judas had the bag that Jesus had said unto him, by those things that we have need of against the feast, are that he should give something to the poor. So they're thinking that Jesus' words about that thou doest do quickly uh, has something to do uh, with Judas going out and buying some uh, food maybe for the Passover or for the disciples. Uh, they, they simply do not understand that he's talking about betrayal, not about buying food. Uh, and uh, so 
he's the one that had the bag. He that means that Judas Iscariot was the treasure of uh, the group of disciples, and it was you know he had a bag uh, much much like um, uh, today women have purses they put money in. I know old timers used to have you know the little purses that they would unhook and put their money in, and <laughs> and uh, uh, but this was a bag, and. Uh, so they've got the idea that uh, maybe Jesus has told Judas to go buy something or possibly take some of the money out of the bag and give it to the poor, buy something for the poor maybe. Verse 30, he then, having received the sop, went immediately out, and it was night. Now the Holy Spirit here wants us to understand the time of day that it is. And of course, you know, you think of Judas leaving the disciples here. Uh, the Bible says men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. Well, this is certainly an example of that. His deed is evil. He's going to betray Jesus. Verse uh, 31. <clears throat> Therefore, when he was gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself and shall straightway glorify him. Now, you got a lot of glorifies there in those two verses. But basically what's going on here is Jesus is saying the Son of Man is now being glorified. And because the Son of Man, which is Jesus, is being obedient uh, to the Heavenly Father, God is getting glory from what Jesus is going to do. Um, and uh, in so doing, Jesus was glorified and God the Father was glorified. And uh, it brought glory to God the Father that Jesus was uh, doing what he was doing in regards to uh, making his way to uh, the cross to pay for the sins of humanity. Verse 33, little children, this is Jesus speaking, and he calls them little children, which is, a, you know, a term for endearment. It was a colloquial uh, idiom in, in that day uh, that the master of the, the teacher of disciples would call his students children, um, you know, we don't use that today, but, but that's the point here. Little children, yet a little while I am with you, speaking to his disciples. You shall seek me, and as I said unto the Jews, whether I go, you cannot come, so now I say to you. So <clears throat> he is telling the, his own disciples they can't go where he's going. Uh, of course, the next day he would go to the cross. Of course, then he would die on the cross and he would go to the Father, his spirit and soul. While his body was put into the tomb, his spirit and soul would go to the Father. So they can't go, they, they can't go there. They don't go to the cross. They, don't, they can't go to the Father. Uh, and he's, when he says Jews, he's referring to uh, the uh, religious leaders of, uh, of Jerusalem, the Pharisees and scribes, the uh, ultra-Orthodox followers of Judaism in that day. And uh, then let's go to verse 34. He's speaking to his disciples, and Jesus says, A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another, 
as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall men, people, know that ye are my disciples, if you have loved one to another. Simply saying that when you express love to one to another, when you are not selfish and you are humble toward each other, uh, that's an expression of your love, a demonstration of your love. And therefore, they'll know that you're my disciples by the way you behave toward one another. If you don't love one another, if you're jealous of each other or envious of each other, uh, that will testify that you are not one of my disciples. But if you love one another, uh, it's a testimony. Now, Jesus uh, uh, had never specifically given this commandment to his disciples, uh, but he is now for sure. It's a command. It's not a suggestion. And uh, notice he says, as I have loved you, which means he wants them to have the same type of love for each other that he has for them, which would be an unconditional love, which would be uh, everlasting love. He loved them until the end. Uh, and he wants them to have that same kind of love uh, amongst themselves. Uh, unselfish love, uh, agape, uh, which is the uh, the word for uh, the Greek word for love here, which means uh, a godly love. It's uh, uh, an unconditional love. Uh, and so he's saying it'll be a good testimony when people see you loving one another. Verse 36, Simon Peter say, said unto him, Lord, whither goest thou? Jesus answered him, whether I go, thou canst not follow me now. Notice the word now there. But thou shalt follow me afterwards. Now, why does he make that statement? Because he is, he is more or less given a prophecy that you cannot... You, I, I think two things here. First of all, they cannot, go to the, they cannot go to the cross and suffer like he suffered on the cross. But the day will come when they will suffer. And of course... All of the uh, disciples or apostles, later they were called apostles, were uh, were martyred, except possibly John. And there is some that say he was boiled in oil, and whether that's true, uh, we don't know what happened to uh, the apostle John. But regardless, they would have their they would have their uh, cross, so to speak, later on, but not now. And uh, when he says, thou shalt follow me afterwards, I think there uh, he is referring specifically to they will go through the suffering and eventually die and go to heaven and follow him and meet him in heaven. Uh, I think that's the, uh, that's the meaning there. Verse 37, Peter said unto him, Lord, why cannot I follow thee now? I will lay down my life for thy sake. Well, once again, we get uh, the Apostle Peter um, being impetuous in his, you know, in what he says. That's just the type of guy that he was. It's, it's interesting that uh, the Lord would then later on use him to be the leader of all the apostles and to preach on the day of Pentecost and 3,000 got saved. He must have had a change. Well, he did. Uh, 
Peter, uh, by nature, was impetuous, but he learned, evidently, being controlled by the Holy Spirit to uh, control his actions and his speech. And uh, later on, he became the leader, as I said, of all the apostles. So he wants to know why. And then he says, I'll lay down my life for thy sake. Well, we, we know. Well, let's just read verse 38. Jesus gives a prophecy here uh, concerning Peter. Jesus answered him, Wilt thou lay down thy life for my sake? He didn't even give him time to answer. He says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, speaking to Peter, The cock, the rooster, shall not crow till thou hast denied me thrice. Uh, And, of course, that uh, was fulfilled. Uh, The book of Mark talks about that, how that uh, um, the rooster would in fact crow twice before Peter had denied Jesus three times. But, um, you know, uh, Peter maybe had good intentions, uh, but, uh, and and I think he loved the Lord, but the Lord uh, more or less rebukes him here and uh, saying he was going to die for him because uh, he he wouldn't. He would actually deny the Lord. And uh, we see that story over in the, what do we call the synoptic gospels, the other three gospels. All right, we're going to stop right there. Uh, and uh, boy, I'm looking forward to John chapter 14 because it's a great chapter, uh, very uh, comforting to uh, to we that have put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'll discuss it in our next session. You've been listening to the Bible Truth Podcast with your host pastors, Tim and Ron Reynolds. They can be contacted on the Mount Vernon Baptist Temple Facebook page, or you may send Pastor Tim an email to T-I-M-R-E-Y-1 at Hotmail.com. Or if you prefer, mail correspondence to Bible Truth Podcast, 817 Woodland Drive, Mount Vernon, Illinois, 62864. Again, that's Bible Truth Podcast, 817 Woodland Drive, Mount Vernon, Illinois 62864. Thank you for listening.